0: Coming up on this episode of We're No Damn Experts, we're talking with two amazing Blackfeet artists about an exhibit currently on display at Paris Gibson Square Museum of Art. We'll hear the stories behind the exhibit, the meaning and significance, and more about their work.
1: Best damn podcast, the best damn town. You want to get up, get ready to get down.
2: with its big white sky and the wild river tank if you want to
1: go we can take you there too
3: great montana
1: welcome to the greatest damn town in montana Great Falls. I'm Rebecca Ingham.
0: I'm Shannon Newth. And And we're we're No No Damn Damn Experts.
1: experts. Happy December.
0: Yes. Happy Friday. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's right. All the things. Shannon, what's happening today? I'm very excited. I'm really looking forward to our conversation here because I've had the opportunity to speak with both of these gentlemen in a different setting than this, which is why I invited them in because they have their wonderful talents, wonderful storytellers and multiple capacities
1: I may fangirl a little bit you've Mm -hmm. talked to them before but I've only you know admired them from a distance (laughs) not in a creepy way
0: just (laughs) they don't look like they believe you
1: (laughs) it wasn't (laughs) like there was that woman
0: outside my window that one night that (laughs) was weird (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah we were talking with two wonderful artists today we're focusing on Kind of one exhibit, but they've been part of a lot of things that we'll chat about. So we have John Isaiah Pepion and Louis Still Smoking in studio with us. Welcome.
1: Woo-hoo! Yeah. Hello. <laughs>
0: Hello. Glad to be So
1: glad you guys are yeah. here. Um, you don't live in our fine, fine city, correct?
3: No. No, we head up north.
1: And- yeah. Mm-hmm. In the beautiful
0: lands uh, right at the base of the mountains. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely gorgeous. They are both uh, members of the Blackfeet tribe, correct? Blackfeet artists. Yes. 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 Uh, tell us a little bit for people who aren't from here what what it means to be part of that tribe, where that tribe is, a little history about about your tribe and
1: yourselves. Yes. It don't fight to see who goes <laughs> first. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah,
3: the <coughs> the Blackfeet Nation. We reside up by the Canadian border, and we've uh, pretty much spent our whole lives there. I've actually. Moved away for a few years, but I've uh, recently moved back in the last three years.
0: Oh, okay, nice. So where were you before that?
3: Uh, my wife's from South Dakota, okay. So we we Ooh. lived in South Dakota, and my boys went to school there. Mm-hmm. Um, I lived there for ten years, moved back, went to school at uh, MSU in Bozeman.
1: Mm-hmm. Ooh, the good school. And then I moved back <laughs> again. <laughs> yeah. And then my last
3: move was, uh, you know, back to Browning, but. Mm-hmm. it seems like no matter where you go you always have like you know that that it's almost like a you know like an image of the mountains Mm -hmm. in your mind when you're somewhere else a different state and of course with South Dakota it's really flat yeah like you know you always have that image in the back of your mind you just miss those mountains and I think that's kind of one of the main reasons why I came back Mm -hmm. and be around family. What about you John?
2: I'm from a community called uh, Birch Creek so it's in a countryside, pretty peaceful uh, view of the mountains um, uh, from the Blackfeet tribe, which we are also part of the Blackfoot Confederacy. Mm-hmm. And Great Falls is Blackfoot territory. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And since we're talking about MSU being the best school, what about, <laughs> what about that beating? <laughs> um, you know, ooh,
0: bring up a sore subject there, John. <laughs> every other year is a different year,
1: is it not? Cause last year wasn't pretty for the Grizz. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but I will say trying to win in Washington Grizzly stadium, is, it's no easy feat. Yeah. I mean, we've done it before, but it's no easy feat. And so I'm super excited for playoffs because both the teams are in it. And um, obviously a little bit distracted uh, <laughs> because playoff games are this weekend as well. So. Yes. Both teams.
0: There you go. It's the, the Cat Grizz rivalry for all of you not Montanans oh, listening. Oh, it's so epic yeah. and awesome. <laughs> I love it.
1: <laughs> so um, have you both been artists like all of your life, or it was it something later that you're like, "Hey, maybe I'll try drawing and see what happens."
3: Uh, for the most part, I've been uh, an artist most of my life. It was pretty much a, a natural kind of element to my personality. I'm very visual, and growing up in a rural setting, you really have to have your imagination, and not just like you know, painting or drawing, like. Sometimes you have to make your own toys <laughs> and like, yeah you know, yeah usually a, a gun would be like a, a stick, stick with like a hand. <laughs> there you <laughs> go, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, it's like you really uh, have to use your imagination and um, mm. I think it's, it's always been part of me, but I think um, professionally, I would say probably about 23 years. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Every... Um,
1: um, every time I think I'm, I'm an artist, I try it and I'm like, Oh, nope, still not, still not have <laughs> still that ability. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, How about you? I've
2: uh, been an artist all my life. Uh, like to draw, but wasn't really like pursuing it and start pursuing it in 2009 and, uh, hmm. just been a learning experience ever since.
1: Now, John, you exhibit during Western art week. I stock your booth every year. Um, <laughs> And you started adding so many other kind of elements to your, I'm going to call it the real art. And I know it's all real (laughs) art, but like the cloth stuff that, um, pillows and socks and those type of things, which are an artistic form. But I sometimes think of real art as the stuff you actually do with your hands. So.
2: Um, so,
0: I'm it, glad you know how to respond I don't know where she was going <laughs>
1: John's about. like, I'm just so, going to answer this the
0: way I want to
2: When I start coming to Western R Week um, I started bringing different things there And Last year I brought uh, Skateboards and other things That wasn't oh, normal, cool. especially for uh, The so-called Western mm-hmm. And uh, some imagery That wasn't quite Western But I'm glad that they still allowed me to be part of the show But what you're talking about As an artist, I've also learned to do E-commerce uh, yeah. And so because not everybody can afford uh, originals, especially in my community. So I got stickers, socks, coffee, hmm. coffee mugs, prints and all that for people who want to buy uh, worldwide. I do all the shipping myself. It's a growing. Oh, wow. So hopefully it turns into a store. Yeah. But when I do art markets and shows, it's all original art. Uh, sometimes maybe I might throw in some earrings or something. Yeah.
1: It's all his art, yeah. folks. You can check out his stuff online. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it's it's not like he grabbed the, the mug and painted it. Mm-hmm. He created the artwork that is on the mug. Mm-hmm. That's what I meant by real. <laughs> I will misstep a hundred more times and use false information the entire podcast. So <laughs> welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> so then... Um, Do you do exhibits at all like Western art week or gallery openings or things like that?
3: Yeah, I do. Um, I think, you know, I've been pushing it like working a lot more since I've moved here. So I've, um, I'm still kind of getting into, uh, doing a lot more exhibitions and doing shows and, um, but like I, I've only really been full time for about three years. Yeah. So I'm just kinda getting going and trying to uh do a lot of public works. Um trying to get that uh community engagement and um really just kind of focusing on my craft and uh excelling my skills in painting and drawing and um I'm hopefully in the future I wanna do uh, sculptural pieces and Ooh. And then at the Paris Gibson, there are some sculptural pieces, but I want to get into bronze, Mm. maybe some stonework. That's
0: crazy to me, you said just like three years, because to me, your name, I've Feel like I've heard it forever in terms yeah. of art. Like that you've been a well-known artist for much longer than that. I
1: don't have a good grasp of the space-time continuum, but it <laughs> does feel like it's been longer right. than three years. Well, mm-hmm.
3: you've, you've probably been stalking John. <laughs> <on a> stalking. <laughs> there you go.
1: Well, I think the first time I learned of your art was the project you guys collaborated on in Heart butte at the mm. school, the big mural there. Mm. Yeah. And I think that was the first one because I have stocked on for a while. <laughs> but um, I'm like, oh, what is going on? This mm-hmm. is amazing. And mm-hmm. so I read the whole article and looked at the pictures, and that was really a cool project. How did you first have you known each other for a while? And if not, how did you find each other to do that kind of a collaboration?
2: We're um, part of an art collective. Okay. And uh, the members are from Montana, South Dakota, North Dakota, and Wyoming. It's been about over five years as a collective doing art show, sharing our networks and oh. ideas because a lot of us do different, um, mediums. Okay. And, uh, so sometimes we'll show together. Sometimes we'll show, uh, just maybe with a couple team up or just a few here and there, whoever, whoever can do it at the time, the call. And then when it came to art, Butte, uh I started, uh, teaching there and they wanted to do a mural and they had me do a mural, um, uh, a solo mural in the high school for the, um, it at the time it was the history room. And so I did a mural there, acrylic on a rough surface. And they wanted a huge mural outside, and I had no clue. So um, <laughs> I uh, teamed up with Lewis, and, and uh, we would just work through it. And uh, it was it was a crazy um, project because it was through the pandemic, Mm-mm-mm. through a wildfire. And, That's uh, right sometimes we couldn't be there sometimes we could be there because of the fire smoke or because of uh hmm. the covid cases at the time so it was it was about um i don't know
1: so summer project maybe. Yeah. yeah in addition to all those kind of issues getting it done what were the issues or things you learned about such large format art cuz I've mentioned many times on this podcast, there's no artistic ability in me at all. I would start drawing something at a scale that seemed normal, and then once you got done, it'd be like a small, you know, stone size compared to what it needed to be, like a boulder size picture. So, what were some of the con- issues, concerns, things you learned in that process?
2: I say work, uh, work um, smarter. <laughs> work uh, faster because yeah. <laughs> me I like to take my time I'm a perfectionist and focus on like straight lines and so I'm I'm actually hand painting and me personally for my parts it it takes forever and slower than other people I notice people that use spray paint especially ones downtown mm-hmm. they're fast and so <laughs> when I worked here in the summer a couple of years ago they were finishing like 2 days and me I, I was still painting painting by hand mm-hmm. in the sun so it's a learning. It's been a learning process. I don't know if there's a right or a wrong way, but me personally, me as a, like a painter that uses like acrylic and hand painting, it, it's got to be prepared and 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 make sure you're ready for it, especially uh, the elements
3: or people, everything and anything.
1: Mm-hmm. What did you learn? Anything, or well, was uh, just old I, hat? <laughs> wow, well,
3: I'm I'm an old fart, so I <laughs> I got a lot of notches in my belt. But uh, I've been painting murals since. Gee, like 1999 was mm-hmm. my oh. first one. It was a private commission. Okay. Well, of course, you know the radiologist he could afford. To shout <laughs> there <out>. you go. <laughs> you know. So you'll take any, you know, any, <laughs> yeah, just, who wanna yeah, any
0: radiologist who want to hire
3: you. Any radiologist. Hey,
1: if me. you've got a lot of money just sitting in your bank account, <laughs> absolutely, we got some artists who are willing to mm-hmm. do something for you.
3: So uh, yeah, that was that was a great opportunity, and I, it really kind of. Uh, and I, I didn't have any formal training. I was you know, basically taking the skills I learned or abilities at in high school and then applied them early on in my career and just you know, just drawing and just basically follow whatever whatever the customers wanted I would paint it.
1: Hmm. It just seems scale would yeah be
3: Well it's kinda like uh, impossible. Like the if you can imagine the space, you know, totally white, it's like you're projecting your thoughts in that space. Hmm. So you're really relying on uh, composition, detail, and really just trying to be creative in that space. So you have a lot of leeway to access things that you normally wouldn't be able to access on a smaller frame. Okay. So you really get to kind of be expressive, use colors you normally wouldn't be able to use, techniques you normally wouldn't be able to use.
2: Hmm. Uh also I just wanna add there's also like uh different methods when it comes to scaling, uh of actually drawing maybe on a small piece of paper and then transforming that design onto a huge space. Hmm. Uh so you gotta do a lot of prep work and it's like I said there's different methods learn from a lot of the artists that you work with throughout the times. So there's not right or wrong right or wrong method to scaling or adding. And like Lewis said, it seems like when you're working on mural you have these plans and you mock-ups, but as you're working on it, you just kind of continue adding to it <laughs> as you go.
0: And you two have worked together or side by side, is maybe the better way to put it. On mural as part of, we've talked here on this podcast about Arts Fest Montana uh, and the murals that get added every year. And you two have both been part of those murals that are downtown. Uh, tell us a little bit about the what you painted and, and where those are, where people can find those.
2: Um, I'll start out. I worked with Lewis a couple of years ago, at, and it was behind uh, former Perkins. Mm-hmm. I think it's a salon. Yes, mm-hmm. and uh, it was it was a great experience. Kind of oh, some yeah. rough texture. Um, mm-hmm. It was hot. It was a busy area. <laughs> busy yeah. area. A lot of busy people. Um, it was it was a learning experience. And uh, um, was it nerve wracking to watch have people just watch you? <laughs> it, it was crazy for me because I, I was teaching at the time, so I mm-hmm. had to go back up. sometimes and go back and go to training and come back and try to paint and stay or travel it was it was it was it's been a crazy experience so working on that mural and with Lewis on murals it's been an experience with me because of time because I was a full-time teacher at the time and Mm -hmm. I just couldn't leave and sometimes we had to take turns different schedules sometimes he'd be there sometimes I'd be there or together or try to figure something out and it took longer than usual but I formally resigned and uh have more time on my hands. Yeah, yeah so oh. different story
3: now, so yeah. Watch yeah, out for it, next it, year. <laughs> it, it really comes down to like adaptability, you yeah. know, kind of adapting to w- whether it's the budget or the time frame. So you, when you're doing large scale pieces, you really got to work fast. Um but just being adaptable mm-hmm. whether it's time or access sometimes it's access like when we did the ones inside at heart butte we'd have to have like oh. a maintenance man or ch- you know it's they it's didn't just give you the keys yeah, to the yeah they don't, they don't <laughs> just give you the security that's code that's bad yeah
1: <laughs> well, i don't understand that yeah. at yeah. all <laughs> or
2: sometimes like even here like organizing with great falls our people our people uh to be there our people to reach and, and waiting for people and it's, it's yeah. all about adaptability accessibility too because when we worked at another space um, we only had one key, and then sometimes when we'd go there, they wouldn't plan with us, and we'd go there, and the, the space would be being used, so we oh. couldn't paint with people in there. So uh, you do learn to adapt in public spaces on these public projects.
1: Mm-hmm. So that's the first first one you guys did was behind the old Perkins
2: here in Great Falls, mm-hmm. and then, and, and then uh, that's what I meant. I haven't done any more but uh
3: Lewis could probably elaborate more. He did oh. one on his yeah, own. Yeah, I was um <coughs> well this year, this summer I worked on the one um it's by the Real Deals. Yeah.
0: Yes, hmm. The old it's real on deals.
3: The, w- the one way there mm-hmm. and, um I love I'll that I'll building tell you what, there's, mm-hmm. there's no traffic over yeah, there. Was <laughs> like, that was a better situation for a, that, yeah. I mean, like a lot of car traffic, but not so much foot traffic. Mm-hmm, so yeah. it was pretty quiet, and for the most part, I was in the shade, but <laughs> about, you know, about high noon, it starts getting <laughs> warm. <laughs> but um, that was the other thing, too. You know, you have to be adaptable with the weather. Yeah. It can't be raining. You know, if it's too hot, you got to take a break. <laughs>
0: That's a lot that's a lot of factors that maybe when you first start out as an artist, you're like, Oh, I'll be, you know, my own little contained environment doing my work, my own
2: <laughs> What what I what I've seen with a lot of these international artists coming here, these uh, muralists and mm-hmm. graffiti artists doing the work here at the mural fest here in Great Falls is they're crazy. They'll they'll <laughs> sleep all day.
1: Oh. oh, and then paint at night. Yeah. 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 That's uh, not uh, a yeah. bad idea. No, <laughs> uh uh-uh. uh, yeah. I've always been told if you're going to travel through the desert, you that's the <laughs> way to tiny. do it: is to sleep during yeah. the day and walk at night. Mm-hmm. You know, or they would
2: work uh, in the evenings as the sun go down, at night or early in the morning, and but they work fast with spray paint. Spray paint's uh, way more faster, so I give them uh, major, major props <laughs> for for their work that they do with uh, spray paint.
1: Yeah. So you paint with a brush in your hand as well not a spray hand yeah,
3: no it's a combination okay i'll mix them. i'm trying to transition into just spray paint only but it's kind of i don't know there there's a
0: it seems so different yeah there's no.
3: Well, I, i've known um some of them are getting kind of tired of it so they're going to switch back to hand painting oh wow like with oh. like a brush or a roller interesting because the action of like spraying it they start oh, to get giving kind like of carpal a, tunnel syndrome. Yeah, like yeah, starts getting tense and then cramping. But like mm. I think with a brush, it's a little more fluid. You can use your wrist, mm. and probably better circulation. But <laughs> <laughs>
1: probably. Yeah, we should bring in a safety, uh, occupational health and safety <laughs> person <laughs> to really <laughs> kind of uh, look at the ergonomics of that. There you go. Yeah, John, what is it that you used to teach?
2: Uh, I was a high school art teacher. Oh, okay. Yeah. In Browning? No Heartbeat. Oh in Heartbeat. Yeah. That's right. That's right.
0: Yeah. yeah. Nice. Uh you also have done ledger art as well. I know when I talked with you before one of my aunt and uncle who live in California, who have come here to visit, bought one of your pieces a number of years ago now from the square. And so I'm excited Ooh. because now i get multiple chances to talk with you and i get to tell them about, all about that but <laughs> i love, like guess what i know him now um but they just We're love you. right <laughs> no big deal um tell people what ledger art is what makes it special i think it's such a dynamic interesting piece to look at but what is ledger
2: art um it's a form of uh like drawing amongst Plains Indian tribes, that's kind of like its own genre now within indigenous art and the art world. It's kind of popular. I, I've noticed since I've uh, been pursuing it full time that it has its up and downs. Like, I, I see it like get popular, then I see it go down, mm. and I see it get popular, go down. Mm. Um, but I've been doing it all my life. Um, we, as uh, Blackfoot people, have been doing this kind of art, pictographic art, for. Centuries, you could see on um, some of the older um, rock paintings around here that Lewis and Clark talked about. Mm-hmm. Those are Blackfoot uh, pictographs. So the ledger art is based off of um, uh, like pictographic style and uh, winter counts that were painted on buffalo hides. And and so it's an art form that's b- over 100 years old that's still continuing now. So had several periods, and the period we're right now it's called contemporary ledger art where men and women do it. And other tribes do it that ain't just Plains Indians. So you got like Cherokee and Navajo doing ledger art now. Hmm. Um, but I'm not just limited to ledger art. I do the pictographic style on anything and everything. So I do a lot of like um, uh, mixed media. Uh, I'll do hides, even buffalo skulls, uh, acrylic paint, <gasps> acrylic paintings, um all the drawings. And I've been in recently into um, gold leaf and a lot of black ink. Oh neat! Yeah. And I'm also uh, on a tattoo journey, doing ledger style tattoos. Oh wow! Yeah,
0: I bet, that, I bet that gets popular. That's <laughs> that really oh. one of the coolest oh. um, <laughs> podcast
1: episodes ever Ooh. we just record. And John could do a tattoo. John's putting a tattoo on someone. Oh, yeah, a lucky. There
0: you go, I mean, maybe
2: person. Maybe I'll do a tattoo at Western Art Week.
1: There you go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> that would be I a will, whole new. The, I doubt the booth they have that. Be lined up. <laughs> yeah, yeah They will be wrapped around the corner. <laughs>
2: no, but um, like uh, I started tattoo journey about two years ago um haven't really p- pursued it and recently um start shadowing again and doing it and so hopefully by january i'm actually doing it right now i'm just doing like the fake tattoo skins and, and oranges and grapefruits trying to get my line work <laughs> down the shading and shading yeah and uh i'll probably start practicing on a few cousins soon
0: <laughs> watch out <laughs> Well Lewis I'm sure you could have some volunteer me. folks <laughs> and be like,
1: Yeah, he doesn't look real good right now, but I've I've seen
0: his other Tell stuff you, and Western it looks all right. Is where so. you can make it exactly. I like that.
1: Now when we talk about ledger art, it's it looks like it's on an actual like old timey bookkeeping ledger. Yes, uh. Is that true like do you or, guys yeah, have just stac- or, yeah. stacks of books you're pulling pages out of and well,
2: it's uh um, um done on antique documents uh it could be antique ledger paper from banks schools or our counties um western union telegraphs uh music sheets antique canceled checks maps and oh. um for some reason there's a lot of ledger paper from montana butte and uh also um uh some some of the older towns the by butte um Mm. like like like, Phil and i can't think of like pony montana okay Mm. yeah and um where did that old town where they have like to make the candy
1: phillipsburg yeah those areas Mm -hmm. there's a
2: lot of ledger paper from there i don't know why interesting Uh, yeah like stacks so i i got a lot i got books and like one book i have is like a thousand sheets
0: Oh wow! That's good. I was going to say at some point you run out of those, right? I, <laughs> yeah, I would think I it would think, be
2: hard. I don't think it would run out in my time because <laughs> you could go in antique stores here in Kalispell or oh. Montana and dig oh. and find all this stuff. Yeah, sure. Yeah.
1: Okay. It just seems to me when I look at it, it looks like history upon history. Mm-hmm. Like it's two forms of history colliding together. Yeah,
0: I really like it. The ones on the maps and the musical sheets are my favorites. Just a side note. (laughs) Um, Thanks for sharing, Shannon. You're welcome. (laughs) Just putting that out there. Um, I want to talk about the exhibit you were both... Current, well, I guess not currently working on, but both recently completed. um, That is up at Perseus and Square Museum of Art. I got to go when they were in the process of putting this exhibit together, and I'll be sharing some of that video. You have a really cool job. I do have a cool job. (laughs) Get to hang out with these guys, see the process happening. Um, The exhibit is called "Within." This is something you both worked with uh, the square to develop uh lewis you're the designer of this exhibit correct tell me tell me first the name is within why what does that name mean for this exhibit mm.
3: well <coughs> well, it was a collaborative effort um, me and John put in a lot of time and energy and like uh you know whenever we ap- we approach something, we always try to step outside of like um you know like kind of normal tropes of what art is and try to be expressive and uh, design or compose things that are, uh, you know, kind of outside the boundaries of the space itself. Mm. Because it it seems to be more engaging. And I think uh, when we use the, um, you know, our cultural references with like the colorful aspects of it, I think it's kind of stepping out like in really pushing that contemporary and you know native art theme and we're trying to create something that hasn't been done before and you know we we could have just came in and just threw art on the walls and (laughs) like but you know we wanted to do something creative and really step out of that and engage with the viewer and give them an experience that was like uh, something they wouldn't normally get her in this area you know they'd have to go to like some big you know
1: fancy place new Mm -hmm. york
3: or los angeles and like you know they have all this (laughs) funding and budgets (laughs) and (laughs) they have like 30 foot ceilings you know it's like we're we're trying to use what we have but we're trying to make a statement for our people and indigenous art itself i mean some people don't like saying that native art indigenous art are you just an uh, artist or you're a native artist so there's all these like kind of labels but you know the type of work that me and john do we try to step out of that we're trying to create something that hasn't never done been done before and we're really laying pathways for the next generation because they're they're watching us and they see the things that we're doing on social media and you know it's it's trying to um really focus on pushing people's imaginations, not just for the Great Falls community, but also our own community. We really want to show and represent uh, our people. You know, we were, we we're like ambassadors for our people, mm-hmm. and we're trying to do that in a good yeah. way. But I think with the the show at the Paris Gibson, it was uh, a great opportunity. I mean, uh, you know, we usually don't get to just paint the walls. and mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> change things up you know it's like
0: and John when I met with you you were in the process of painting the walls so to give people an idea Paris Gibson Square Museum of Art is a big beautiful old historic building in Great Falls a contemporary art museum you walk up the stairs to the the second floor and basically you all got to take over that that big space and then also a side room off of that John, when I walk in, I was just struck by the vibrancy of the colors on the wall. I didn't even get to see the finished product of that yet. Uh, but talk a little bit about what you were able to do in that space and why it's different. Because you, you kind of layered. Um, it wasn't only the wall you painted, like Lewis said, but then you have, you painted the wall and then you added your work on top of that. Correct? Yes. Okay. Um, oh,
2: So with the title and then with uh, the curator and with Lewis and um so the title is Within, and we had to basically uh, dig deep within ourselves and, and our community and, and kind of think outside the box. And uh, I, I had to dig outside the box a little bit because I wasn't used to what I was usually doing. And so um, a lot of the colors you see in the murals are within our own artwork. Our individual work is truly based off of our uh, community as Blackfoot people, our beadwork, our teepees our raw hard work our designs and so you'll see that incorporated into this uh installation so it's an installation of murals and original artwork i also even have a, a buffalo hide and i started that hide like back in june and i finished it at the museum mm-hmm. um, let people and classes watch me work on it and uh it was a great experience uh, a lot we worked on it um with tons of people tons of questions and and it was a great experience because um not many times as uh, as Indigenous people or Blackfeet people are we offered a space to take over and do our own thing. Usually, there's rules by institutions or places that we have to follow. So we got to bend the rules, <laughs> and and you'll see that. And it's a one, it's a it's a truly unique uh, exhibition that was only supposed to run until like I think January, but they got extended till March. So we'll be here yep. for Western Art Week, which is a yeah. great addition for Western Art Week. Um, so it's it's a good art show to make a presence in, in Great Falls to let people know that um, Great Falls is a place for art. Also, as uh, Indigenous uh, people, there are so many Indigenous communities here, here in this area. It's not it's originally Blackfoot territory, but it's 2023, and there's all kinds of Indigenous people here from all over. And so as a as an artist, I represent my community. We got um, people in my community. Uh, uh, looking up to us, so it's like it's like basically a message for everybody and anyone saying, "Hey, I'm just like you, you could do this too and also um it, I, almost like as an artist like I, when I started an artist, I didn't wanna talk to people, I didn't wanna want people watching me, but as I'm older now, it's like we're ambassadors for our our, our tribal people and montana, mm-hmm. so i- I probably represent Montana in the art world, yeah,
0: and you let me come stick a camera in your face, and record <laughs> you. And, <yeah. laughs> When I I believe I asked both of you this question when I did the interview with you. Um, You talk about how this is telling a story. Um, You're ambassadors, you're telling a story. You dig deep um, to show your culture. Something, John, that you had told me is that one of the things you want people to take away from it is that you want people to know you're still here, you're thriving, you're living, you're healing. Uh, talk to me a little bit more about that, what you want people to take away from that, what what this story represents.
2: Well, like even in Montana and Great Falls sometimes, and growing up in a rural area and have to come here to get groceries or see the movie theater or Walmart or mm-hmm. anything, yeah. because it's pretty desolate and rural in Montana. So there's all these stereotypes about us as indigenous people of who we are and, and, and what we're capable of. So coming here and, and, and showing people that we're more than these stereotypes that we are alive and, and that we are in modern times that we do have electricity and <laughs> running water and education yeah and we're just like anybody else and the reason why i say that because in museums too I'm, i have a museum background and museums all across the world in america sometimes as indigenous people um, we're displayed as a forgotten people and, and we're only displayed to a limited era where mm. people do think that we don't exist so pe- when people meet me from like new york city or california they're like oh you're a real indian <laughs> I-, I didn't know you guys were still alive oh or you guys still live in T P so these are some of the, mm. the, the the just common issues that um we face as indigenous artists anywhere like um we did an art show in jackson wyoming and there's just so much crazy questions like that it just gets used to like i don't get upset or offended I, I guess i just help try to educate to the, the world that we are here yeah we mm. are we are people you know?
1: but mm-hmm. if you do think of that if we were just down in a museum in Cody Wyoming which isn't that far away and every exhibit that was about the native people of that area it was like frozen in time there mm-hmm. was nothing current it was all frozen in time and and if I think back at the places I've gone there's a lot of that nothing happened past right <laughs> past this time mm-hmm. and that's really not the
2: Case. So, just to add really quick in there, so it's great that the uh, Paris Gibson allowed us and opened up the space to be to allow us to to take to control and tell our own story. Because as you see, a lot of people tell stories of who we are, but but I'm glad that we get the opportunity to tell the world of who we are. Um, and 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 you're right. You go to a lot of these institution museums and it's just like stuck at a certain point and never yep. it never shows like pro- progress. Mm-hmm.
0: That's a really interesting perspective too, especially living here. I don't think about those things because I remember I was struck with that. I was like, wow, do people not think you're here anymore? And so it's, it's good to hear that perspective to get out of my own head that there are those perceptions still.
1: But I think it's also, and we've said this on the podcast many times every time kind of this topic comes up, there isn't a space in Great Falls that tells mm-hmm. the indigenous story from the indigenous, with the indigenous voice. Like it's mm-hmm. in parts of various things throughout the community, but there's not one place within Great Falls. Mm-hmm. And having such rich history of our community connected to the Blackfeet is just amazing mm-hmm. that there isn't more of that story told, yeah. not from our perspective or someone else's perspective but from your own voice Mm -hmm. which kudos to square I mean they've we've had them on the podcast and Sarah has just been amazing with what she's done there Mm -hmm. and how open she is to all the ideas that come up so I'm looking forward to more exhibits that you guys will come up with no pressure (laughs) yeah I mean I mean you're just sitting around (laughs) painting just think of the
0: next thing (laughs) (laughs) what is it that you hope people take away or experience when they go to within?
3: Um, just, <clears throat> you know, kind of look, getting like a, like a window into what, you know, Native art is mm-hmm. and really try to engage with it and have an open mind. And hopefully mm-hmm. it kind of creates a spark where they want to learn more about mm-hmm. the culture or me and John or individual works, or, um, you know, just the culture itself. And, you know, there's so much more, like, documentations and history and writings about Blackfeet that they can reach out and just uh, do their own research.
0: I don't mean to... disturb you but there was a ladybug on you (laughs) so
1: now i've heard stories like ladybugs are supposed to be magical if they land on you now lucky i'm not going to discredit that (laughs) but the number of bugs that actually exist in this building is fairly impressive
0: i have yet to see a ladybug though oh i see them all the time on the windows ladybugs yeah here Come hang out over here. So the things that nice. happen in the podcast studio. <laughs> yeah. um, usually Lewis it's rocking <laughs> and I look over and John's ah. got a buck. Yeah, well, ladybug it's like on him.
1: rain on your wedding day. It's all supposed to be good, amazing things will come for you. <laughs> there you go. That's the ladybug story the ladybug. that I yeah. remember and I'm going forward with. There you go.
0: Oh, my little friend on my paper here. There we go. Um, okay. Anyway, getting us back on track. So... <laughs> you have so we walk up on the second floor you see all that space and there's also if you turn to the right a room to the right um where you both have work in there correct you were working on a sculpture uh when i was there there was kind of the base for it when i was there it was like a mountain correct that you're working on yeah
3: Yeah. i I wanted to take like the symbols that we were painting and try to embody them in a physical form and like know, really engage the viewer so they can, you know, kind of move around it, move mm-hmm. in the space and almost like kind of projecting it as they're moving in the space with with the the other works that are in, in the space itself. And we were offered that to use it and we originally w- weren't gonna use it, but I, I thought it'd be cool to you know add a sculptural element to it and eventually I'd like to do some stone pieces of that that'd be really neat yeah
0: yeah one of the other pieces you were working on when i was there was a painting of a woman that reflected the boarding school mm-hmm. era um and you were talking to some about the history and that and i was i remember it was in progress at the time i was really drawn to her eyes and her expression in there and you were telling me kind of the the inspiration behind her would you mind sharing a little bit of that oh
3: um yeah i think <coughs> um there was a it's the like bug
0: disappeared <laughs> oh, Sorry. <It's> could <laughs> we stay focused yeah, please sorry. Right. I, was like the, I looked down and the bug's gone okay. John will get you another yeah. one here shortly
3: yeah, <laughs> um, yeah but I, it was just really I wanted to do a commentary on um, and the, the whole theme and the title within was kind of based around humanities and how like um, I wanted to talk uh, about the transition of knowledge and how like the trend like traditional um educational system was uh, interrupted by boarding schools mm-hmm. and you know a lot of that was uh language um, like uh foods food systems uh medicines and a lot of that knowledge was uh affected by you know children going to boarding schools and not learning what they needed to or maybe they they had a chance to learn some of it but they couldn't practice it after Mm -hmm. that, like, or, you know, while they're at the boarding, so they couldn't speak their language. So like a lot of the commentaries based around that and how it it greatly affected our culture, our language, our spirituality, our medicines, our food systems, they weren't allowed to hunt anymore. It was highly regulated and it was, it was just a, a kind of a part of history that we still hear, you know, oral oral stories from from our elders. Some of them went to those schools because
1: it really wasn't that long ago.
3: No, it was less mm-hmm. than a hundred years ago. I yeah, mean, it's
0: it's current. It's current.
1: Yeah.
3: yeah, which
0: is crazy to think about. I mean, mm-hmm.
2: it's also like a, a, a history that's not really talked about or acknowledged by the, the U.S. government either, mm-hmm. and now um, kind of acknowledged because when um, Deb Holland got in there as the secretary of the interior she's the first indigenous person and woman to be she started a a boarding school um i forgot the title like a, don't know like a commission or or, or board or something i can't forget the title Mm -hmm. but they've been looking into investigating all the boarding schools in the united states about unmarked graves and, and 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 stuff like that so with one of lewis's pieces that he painted was a boy that um, we as a Blackfoot tribe finally got his remains back and just buried him hmm. about two weeks ago oh, wow. from Carlisle Endon um, School, which was in Pennsylvania. kept his oh my kept his remains for like a hundred over like um, over a hundred years, and, and, wow. and so they gave the the army finally gave his remains back and a few other remains back, and and the families of these this boy's remains and. Browning area finally uh got to bury him and give him a proper burial f- mm. for i don't know over a hundred years, maybe even more yeah, wow, yeah, so that's uh one of Lucy's paintings is actually that boy mm. yeah.
1: is the boy related to the woman? no, okay, no,
3: the image was <clears throat> from the um I think it was the cut bank boarding school. There were multiple on the reservation, mm-hmm. but um it was just an image of some girls on a sewing room. it looked like the the girl was sewing like a wool coat or hemming it or something but um i just loved that she was like the folk the photography it was like the focus of the image itself because she's the only one looking right at the photographer but it was a great composition um and i I liked her pose it was kind of similar to more of a portrait i do a lot of portraits but um i usually base them off of like a composition what 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 i want the image to look like on the canvas itself but um yeah uh, it was just like a normal day they were just like in the sewing room just Mm -hmm. making stuff or whatever but um Mm. i I definitely wanted the images for those pieces to be of Blackfeet children there are if you do the look at the history of boarding schools they're all over the continent really Mm. they're everywhere and the the history i mean and they
1: weren't Tribe specific, they were like, there, every for, everybody was together. Well,
2: there there was different kinds. There was there was Catholic run boarding schools. There was government run boarding schools, and there was um, industrial schools. So there was different categories. And we're only talking about the United States because as blackford people, were also talking about residential schools in Canada that didn't stop till the sixties and seventies. That they're still going to issues up there that they're hmm. trying to figure oh. out. So. Um, it's a dark it's a dark history a lot of people don't like to the acknowledge there's there was boarding schools and schools everywhere everywhere one popular school that was uh nearby here that was big in in those days is called fort shaw yeah mm-hmm. and, and a lot of blackfoot people there went there and and their women's basketball team was world champions and there was Blackfoot um women on that team so i think a few years ago they were finally acknowledged as world champions as, as a basketball team wow um so there's always boarding schools. Some are shut down, um, some are still going, but they ain't the harsh boarding schools that our grandparents, our great grandparents went through. Um there's still boarding schools and yes, they're some are they're still like government ran and different tribes go there. So a lot of these boarding schools, uh, one one dark factor about some of these issues was uh with our grandparents our great grandparents is um they were stolen too by the Indian agents mm-hmm. on the reservation and forced to go. Um, because at the time they forced assimilation with language and everything mm-hmm. so um just wanted to add that in there but as you could tell the topics we were talking about and everything related to uh, the exhibit at the Paris Gibson within you could see and whoever goes to the show you'll see all kinds of topics and covered, and probably get all kinds of emotions uh, a lot of people have already expressed different emotions they felt presence uh sounds everything so it's mm-hmm a true unique uh, experience and if you haven't had a chance to go there i'd go there Mm
1: -hmm. and you have it seems like a long time but it's not you Mm -hmm. only have until march right to Mm -hmm. to experience this
0: Mm -hmm. i'm really excited it's going to be up for western art week i think that's a really really important addition to to include in western art week
1: well and i think the other really important thing is these are big heavy dark awful topics but they need to be talked about and they need to be experienced so that we can learn so that we can understand so we can not let these things happen again, but then try to make things better, whatever, whatever that so
2: it's, it's better is not the right word. Well, it's, but. A, it's, it's all part of healing and, and, and art heals. Our yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. art, art is healing. So, so as an artist, it's like um, art for me, like, art is art therapy and, and, and helping reaching people through art and, and teaching people through art and healing through art. So um, with this exhibit, it's also a teaching tool for non-Indigenous people. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's it's great to come together, especially in Great Falls. That's why it's so unique. Um, a lot of people don't realize what they have here, especially with the murals. These are um, internationally recognized murals. The one mural with the eyes, I think, placed mm-hmm first or second in the world
0: it was it was in among some of the top in the yeah, world yeah, last and year I, and see, yeah
2: and i think some people don't realize what they have here mm-hmm. and then with within is is a truly one of a kind of exhibit that, um, that i think other people are going to start taking notice to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: i always think it's i'll, I'll use the word creepy <laughs> <laughs> when you when you like the eye painting or you see a image of someone in a painting done by somebody and you can feel the emotion or you can Mm. feel some connection through those eyes or through that image and I'm like it's like they're staring into your soul and Mm -hmm. it's like it's alive the artwork itself is alive and that my husband walked by a piece a couple years ago at Western Art Week and he just fell in love with this picture this watercolor of a woman in a field and he goes i just i love her and i'm like <laughs> okay no- <laughs> it's nothing like he's ever looked at before he's like the elk guy or the wildlife thing and he's just standing there entranced <laughs> with this watercolor woman he goes i think i want her in our house i'm like i'm feeling just a little uncomfortable <laughs> yeah. about the whole <laughs> this whole thing. And so I just smile and I'm like, Okay, like it's a beautiful piece of artwork. I said, where do you want to put her? And he goes, I don't know. No. <laughs> I'm just hoping he says somewhere normal, like the living room <laughs> or <Yeah>. the office. <laughs> yeah. Um, he goes, No, I can't no. And then he walk away and then he walk back <laughs> to her. Yeah. So it's really impressive what Art can do mm-hmm. to your emotions, or you know, we've all seen the scary movies where the eyes in the painting follow you. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes that happens, and mm-hmm. it's not a scary movie. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, as we as we were talking a moment ago, you've both talked about how you your ambassadors um, for your for your people, for your artwork, for your stories. That seems like a heavy. Is that Ooh. does that feel heavy well, sometimes?
3: I, I don't think so. I, okay. You know, Blackfeet people were were very proud of Mm -hmm. you know who we are and where we come from the the places you know where we live it's it's beautiful and we we take pride in that and we take pride in our Mm -hmm. culture and i think um you know we're not only just representing the Blackfeet. we're representing the whole blackfoot confederacy so Mm -hmm. like it's kind of uh the way we're raised we're supposed to be uh you know just good people and try to represent our families, Mm -hmm. represent our town, our communities. Um, and you want to do that like with positivity and, and I think the way me and John do it's with a kind of a more of a visual aspect of that. And Mm -hmm. I think it's, uh, we're taking our talents, our natural abilities, and we're trying to convey the things that we you know we could be out there just drawing like you know dead things or <laughs> you know like yeah yeah, yeah. Like a, it sells mountains and dead
1: uh, things yeah or like
3: broken down res cars and like, yeah. you know, res dogs or like a cloud yeah. over everything it's but, funny you yeah. say that i
1: have i have two paintings on my wall of broken down cars <laughs> This <laughs> pop it's pretty popular so she would buy them yeah um
3: but i always use the term uh positive visual reinforcement and i think it's uh can it can be applied to anything really
1: yeah so um one of the things that i think we should dig into just lightly the difference between blackfeet tribe the blackfeet reservation in the Blackfeet Confederacy. We've said <coughs> okay. it a few times here, so can I'll, I'll you clarify you an, that for... I'll give first? you an
3: example. I, you know, when I was in uh, South Dakota, I used to go firefighting, and I would have to dispatch out of a town that was like an hour and a half away, which was Eagle Butte. I wanted to go through a reservation, and I was like the nearest one. And they were going all over like Idaho, Washington. I was like, all right, that's good money. I love it. I'm going to do that. Yeah. So we're in a dispatch over in Idaho, and we're in the the camp, and they're like, you know, we're doing stuff like I think I needed band aids or something. So I go in this tent, and then this guy's like, "So are you guys Cheyenne?" And I was like, "No, th- these are <laughs> These are Lakotas. They're they're from a, a geographical location called the Cheyenne River that has nothing to do with." It. <laughs> so we're talking about. See, this is this is the confusion people mm. get. Geographical areas mixed up with the actual people themselves. Mm. Okay, they're mm-hmm. they're they're basically like uh, <clears throat> it's Eagle Butte, South Dakota. They're they're Sioux, and the uh, people were getting the Cheyenne River. The geogra- that's what the it was the Cheyenne River um, firefighters. The geographical oh, okay. location, <coughs> which is right next to the town. So those types of communicate, like, you know, generalizations or people just assume, you know, that's what they are. There's the same thing with uh, the the Blackfoot Confederacy. It it all comes from like what, like, you know, Lewis and Clark saw or what people would call them. Uh, We call ourselves Pikani, which is in our language. And that's how we identify ourselves because that's our first language the confederacy itself has uh, multiple bands each one has their own cultural language that they identify with okay so like we're a part of it but we're Pecani. and when they drew the line, they cut us off from our cousins <laughs> oh. <laughs> so like <laughs> that's handy know, yeah. <laughs> if it, if, the, if it was like you know a couple hundred miles south of us we would actually be canadian so you know see the the, the confusion is like Generalizations and getting geographical areas mixed because there's a, there's actually a uh, place down in Idaho it's called Blackfoot yeah, and I'm pretty sure there's a mm. th- something going on down in like Louisiana. there was a clan that was called Blackfoot but they, they had nothing to do with us yeah. <laughs> so the, so the, so like when they come into an area like, oh, Blackfoot, Blackfeet, and it's like it's really confusing, yeah that's why we, we use the terms of our own language our first language to identify ourselves because we're self proclaiming our identity by doing that. Mm. So nowadays you'll you'll see these these tribes they're identifying themselves through their traditional a language. Mm. So well, I think that
1: helps yeah keep it a little clearer. So mm-hmm.
3: so back to the
2: earlier question, um when, when I started doing art, I didn't know what I was doing or anything, and then I didn't think I wanted to be a role model or an ambassador mm-hmm. or represent my community or nothing like that. I had to learn to accept to accept those titles and to be called on by people to to actually do the work like that. Um, sometimes uh, I get called on for tough issues or even <laughs> a, um, active, activism issues, and I don't consider myself an activist, but I have done artwork to help participate in some of those things that were going on at the time and then back to blackfoot and blackfeet everybody gets confused not just in montana everywhere uh, so in montana we're the blackfeet nation but we're part of the blackfoot confederacy and there's four bands uh, there's uh Pikuni. so there's basically two pikani and there's actually only one the canadian border split the pikani in half so now you get southern pikani and northern pikani but we don't call ourselves that we just call ourselves pikani and then there's Siksika, and there's Kainai, and um, and we're the Blackfoot Confederacy. We all speak the same language, share the same ceremonies and customs, but we're all independent bands and came together for uh, okay. for 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 um, ceremonies and, and and stuff like that. But we're scattered throughout, so we have all these locations that we know by heart through 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 our language. Even down here in Great Falls, we have all these locations and spots that we are familiar with and talk about and know about, um, where we camped or where we hunted or where we had a mm-hmm. battle. And uh, so, with that, uh, I always tell people, um, not every every Blackfeet is Blackfoot, but not every Blackfoot is Blackfeet. If that mm. makes sense. It <laughs> does. It does. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: a good that's a good way to put it, though, or to keep in mind for um, to yeah. try to help. And our brains keep straight, (laughs) yeah, Mm and help with that education, right?
3: We we could complicate it more, but I don't (laughs) think we want to. You don't have time for that. (laughs)
0: You want to come back? We'll just do one episode of that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, As you were saying that, I would love to hear you tell us who you are in your native language, if you don't mind saying it, because obviously we introduced you
3: in In our version, yes,
0: but. Would you like to introduce yourself in your native language? You don't have to. I just thought it you was. can tell her no. <laughs> you can tell me no. Yeah. And then we can edit the whole thing yeah. out. Uh,
2: it's like a, so. There's a lot of basic, um, basic. So like for introduction, be like I would be like, be like Okinapi Nitaniku. Then I would say my Blackfoot name. hmm But it would be like Okinapi Nitaniku John. I'm saying hello, partner. My name is John. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And so that's how some people kind of basically start basic conversations then there's all kinds of sayings like everything that's like good say you ate something that's good or our situation's good it's a common slang that you might hear now since i'm telling you amongst black people is a uh, sagapi we all say sagapi if it's really good you say Ik-sigapi. really good and so mm-hmm. um there's all kinds of sayings for and, and then how we say ourselves is um um uh pukuni about how we say uh blackfoot people as all of our bands together we, we call ourselves nitsitipi translates to mm-hmm. real pe- real people we also call everybody human beings nitsitipi mm-hmm. that's just like the real people mm-hmm. and if you see a lot of languages and people um indigenous people in their language they all translates to something real or some kind of people or human being or something yeah
1: mm-hmm. i've seen that word before and mm-hmm. i never knew what it was so thank you for that mm-hmm. yeah I'm just trying to remember where I've seen it because yeah, it's written on a <laughs> sign somewhere, <laughs> or
3: it's a flag. And it has all the bands on it, mm. mm-hmm. but it shows like the Confederacy, and that's how we we say like all of the the people, the Blackfoot people.
0: Mm. And that's one of the things. Um, Hey, the ladybug's back. (laughs) Where did she come from? Um, That's one of the things. That's the most distracting thing of a podcast ever. She's she's suddenly back. (laughs) Uh, One of the things, if I remember correctly, that you and I talked about, Lewis, was uh, just language and that being passed down or being taught. um, And some of that has been scaled back or has died off a little bit but the importance well, of kind of the oral <coughs> tradition through language
3: well, the, the oral traditions were always there it was I think the boarding school area that mm-hmm. that um kind of really affected that because it was almost like and I've had this discussion before and it's like I mean we have opportunities to really dive in and learn the language but like traditionally you wouldn't learn it from your Parents and your your family and your grandparents, but like um, the the kids that came out of the boarding school, it was almost like it was just like like uh, shameful or like uh, mm-hmm. forbidden, mm-hmm. and like uh, they thought that the younger generations would be ostracized from society because they knew their language or spoke their language, and it was something like they didn't want them to go through the trauma they went through so that it's like they kind of held back but they would speak it amongst themselves and sometimes they would teach songs and they would teach some of the language but like it for the most part the, what I've heard it was like it was kind of kept from them but they could understand words just because they learned them by just through time and they could understand it, but it was really hard for them to contextualize it because a lot of it, like John said, it's like uh, certain situations you would say a certain word. But like, um, yeah, it's and it has to be, you know, you have to live it. You have to live mm-hmm. the language. You have, you have to be with it like every day. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a really hard language to learn. But I think if you keep on with it, like you have to do it every Practice day. It. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> But like, you know, having to deal with that trauma from the past generations and then growing up on the reservation, you're like, Well why is that? And you start asking questions and you start asking elders and like it's it's really complicated, like
1: hmm. Yeah.
3: So like in the
2: nineties it, it did come to a certain point for our community in Browning too where we were losing a lot of our uh original language keepers and, and knowledge keepers and, and uh, an individual by the name of Daryl Kipp, mm-hmm.
4: um,
2: who was also a Harvard graduate and spoke our language fluently, studied our language well and started the uh, Blackfoot Immersion School in Browning that's called Cutswood, where it goes to eighth grade and there's no English allowed, math, science, astrology, astronomy, language. Had, had family members go through there. And uh, growing up, me personally... Uh, my grandfather spoke fluently my on on um on the other family side my grandparents spoke fluently um i I don't speak fluently, but I have an understanding i, I I'm trying to learn like Lewis said you gotta learn certain things everyday colors words water, everything, and you start picking up phrases, but I have a well understanding, especially growing up I knew when my grandma was talking about me saying, "Oh these kids are pitiful, their parents just dropped them off here." <laughs> but in our language. Yeah. You know, and, and then and yeah, then then you then you know um you know uh like I have an understanding like okay, yeah, <laughs> these people are talking about me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, also to the schools. Each school is different on a reservation somewhere in different uh counties and school districts, but oh, that's and, right. and, and and um each have different programs and, and, and um uh, so there's all these programs now where there's apps, there's our, there's our community college, there's people trying to revive it, there's the um, language associations in Montana with uh, with all the tribes coming together. There's a conference next week that I've been going to that happens every year or twice a year with all the language um, language uh, speakers in Montana from all the tribes mm-hmm. and all the people that live here. And they talk about how can we come together and to make a better understanding Um uh, So it's been a learning experience. I've been trying to be part of it as much as I can because someday I hope to be speaking more. Um, So I always ask questions. There are people that uh, speak our language, so our language gets complicated because there's a couple languages. Like there's two versions. Like there's an older Blackfeet and there's a newer Blackfeet. So yeah. yeah, So there's and there's several words for different things. Some might mean similar things. Hmm.
0: That's very challenging. (laughs) It sounds like
1: to learn. Yes. Yeah, well, I'm excited for you to come and, you know, just be fully immersed and just do the entire podcast episode in your language. We'll answer. We'll ask questions. It'll just be a question answer. There won't be any follow up. <laughs> <Any interaction. laughs> yeah. And then we'll just keep listening to go I like, mean, I think he meant this. <laughs> I mean, what's great, what's
2: I think crazy crazy. It's pretty awesome, too. Like nowadays, like in our times, is like I got nep- nephews and cousins that are like in elementary and middle school that are fluent. And so I'm, I'm, oh, I'm going to them That's for references. Awesome. Mm. Are, are are even almost testing them. And like, come on, what does this mean? You know? <laughs> tell <laughs> yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or tell me what this means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's, it's actually to see that and learn, learning because um, a lot of them are being taught from a young age. Um, and there's more pride nowadays of, mm. you know, of, of who we are because like boarding schools did have a major effect and identity issues. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that is uh, being addressed as individual artists like me personally all my artwork is based on identity blackwood identity like when people say my work they know it's Blackfoot, or they know where i'm from you know mm-hmm. and so yeah
3: yeah i just uh wanted to add um that uh daryl and I, I found out uh he was actually one of my mentors and before he started the emergent school he had some other programs i was working with him in and um but years later like just recently i found out he had a he actually had an art degree really. Uh, on top of multiple degrees wow uh he was a really interesting man he uh i asked him Mm -hmm. one time i was like how come you always wear the same thing he's like well i'll tell you what a really smart man uh did the same thing he only had like um He's like, I I wear the same thing. I thought he wore the same clothes. (laughs) Why don't you ever change your clothes? But he was telling me he has the same outfit, but he has like 10 of them, and he does clean them. (laughs) (laughs) But he said, uh, Albert Einstein did the same thing. He said, why spend 30 minutes every day trying to figure out what to wear when I just pull it off the shelf, put it (laughs) on, and... I could spend 30 minutes doing something else. That's, <laughs> that's, I, t-
1: I tell you, I call it the cartoon character wardrobe, and I do have a dream of that. That's it's probably that's probably what people think of me because, uh, <laughs> you're in the Tico, yeah, DeBar
2: Tiko Ake wears the same clothes like he's been wearing the same shirt for years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he doesn't smell
1: bad. I wonder what the deal is. <laughs> but I don't know, my grandpa was like that
2: too. And, and what he's talking about, like Daryl Kippa, who uh, was like khakis and a blue shirt. Like a like a like a sky blue shirt, and, uh, and he my, had like
3: a cardigan, and like and my gra- <laughs> my grandpa
2: was a uh, like a like a uh, I wasn't car. I don't know what it was, but like a tan, almost Carhartt uh-huh. sh- okay. kind of shirt every day with like rangers with pen stains right here. <laughs> Those <laughs> are custom. Complete with the Those stains. are custom. Yeah. Art clothes, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah artist true. clothes, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, free up your mind for the important stuff. Yeah, not, there you go. Not yeah. what you have to look like that day. Mm-hmm.
2: That's what I like about uh, uh, being an artist in the art, art world. There's no rules of uh, what you should create or how you should dress. Especially mm-hmm. other artists, it doesn't matter if you're native or not. If you go to this art, Openings, man. Some artists though, dress like that. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> interesting choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you then
1: want to put on a clean pair of jeans, yeah. right? <laughs> some will wear their painting clothes,
2: like yeah. I don't know if they painted on them to on show purpose. that they're <laughs> legit. Yeah, like, yeah, like, hey, yeah, yeah. I look, they, I actually I did this. They, I don't know if they painted on my purpose. or if they're real painting clothes. Yeah, yeah. some people wear them for their openings. I'm
0: know. gonna, I'm gonna be paying attention <laughs> to that now at Western Art, <laughs> Art Week. Oh, <laughs> right,
2: you'll see that like, a lot, oh. of, them, a lot of them ain't cowboys
1: no mm-hmm. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. just gonna say
2: the things you see in Western I'm not Art Week. I'm not a cowboy and I'm not gonna dress up as a <laughs> I'm more of a hip hop influenced and, and, yeah. I'm not, and people are probably looking at me like why is this guy in the show with baggy pants <laughs> and, and, and this hip hop influenced artwork they, yeah. they, they want the uh, that's why I like being 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 here in Western Art Week and at uh, the within because people have the general, generalization of how we should be and what mm. we should create especially in Western Art Week and Western Art Week is such a our Western Art Artwork is such a big uh, platform here in Montana that I've been using it to like make a presence, and and people are always like, well, how can you do this show? How can you do that? It's like because I choose to be there to make a presence
4: mm.
2: of Blackfoot people and Indigenous people to be included in there because we should be able to take up space. So uh, Paris Gibson allowed us to take up space. Yeah,
1: yeah. well, mm-hmm. and the Western art spectrum is so large. Mm-hmm it's
3: yeah we need to talk about that feet waiver <laughs> <laughs> it's uh blackfoot territory there you go
1: exactly
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> should just get royalties for every mm-hmm. mountain Absolutely. Painted. <laughs> there you go <laughs>
2: so, a, one quick little joke yeah. yeah i've heard amongst all kinds of artists not just natives in Montana. town they're like yeah, I've, it's a crazy joke. They say if you want a guaranteed sale in Montana, paint trout. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so um, I was like, I want to paint a trout or draw a trout, but I don't want to be like. <laughs>
1: so now you got, yeah, now you got fisher going on you.
2: <laughs> but I have, I have.
1: Done, you have a whole fish
2: collection.
3: Draw trout on ledger paper yeah and, 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 but i was thinking about that. i'm gonna start painting women in fields <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, i'll have a whole room ready for you yes we're clearing Her out one of the rooms be to be a yeah. gallery
0: women in fields yeah. <laughs> yeah. maybe rebecca should be your um like inspiration no. for it and then you would be comfortable with robert no. buying it. <laughs> the woman
1: the watercolor woman looked nothing like me Nothing at all, and as I stood there and stared at it, it did start to look like a person I did know. And so (laughs) when I like this
0: is even weirder when I
1: brought it to his attention, he goes, "Oh no, this is this is so wrong." And I'm like, "You see it too?" Then he goes, "Do you think I'm secretly in love with this woman?" I'm like, "I don't know. I don't know. Maybe." But here's here's where I'm at. If you are, give it a shot. Let's see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) Why not? You know. You're pretty enamored with this woman in the field. <laughs> so, do you um what we've heard you're going to do stone, which I'm really excited about, what cuz I don't think there's enough of that in the world at all. I love rocks. What other artwork are you looking at doing beyond those things? The tattooing. For both of you, tattooing mm-hmm. for John. What else what else is tripping your pleasure? <laughs>
3: I'm actually looking at uh, incorporating augmented reality into the murals Ooh. or even, like, the the individual pieces and really pushing the interactive um, engagement.
0: Interesting.
3: So that would like be neat. neat. So, mm-hmm. like, literally they just walk up and scan a QR code and then it would just start the experience, like...
0: That would be neat. That's a really neat idea.
3: But, yeah. um, yeah, like I said, like, bronze work, uh, mm-hmm. stonework... Um, And I I usually, I I actually was a stone sculptor for 10 years, Mm -hmm. but um, I'm thinking about getting back into it and kind of maybe getting more into like public works or, uh, you know, private commissions, stuff like that.
1: Well, the River's Edge Trail always needs some art. Mm -hmm. They don't pay worth a crap, but (laughs) (laughs) from what I've heard. It's it's a nice nice spot. (laughs) It's true.
0: No, well, Anything for you, John?
2: Uh I want to do uh one of these buffaloes that everybody has around here in Great Falls. Uh-huh. No, no I'm just teasing. <laughs> <laughs> there
1: uh, there is a desire for a lot of people to have these bison. Yes. Um it's so like we'll get calls random mm-hmm. at the office and they're like, "Hey, how do I get one of them painted bison?" I'm like, you miss the boat like 2005 is how you got one of those um, so there's
0: a market there for you though <laughs> so, so if we bring design, it
1: back yeah. i know there's people who are who are ready to like mm-hmm. bid on owning mm-hmm. their own bison it's
0: true yeah well, we get we get questions
2: I, so right now i'm just comfortable with um, having more time to work on uh, what i want to do instead of uh, what everybody else wants me to do <laughs> yeah and and because. Uh, teaching took up all my time and i wanted to do a lot of things that i couldn't do and i was very limited so i wanted to um so right now i'm just focusing on creating more but uh hopefully someday i could uh help maybe develop or start like a um cultural center
3: that's a goal. That would be really nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some kind of art space. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When when I lived in uh, South Dakota, they had a <clears throat> like a tribal, the Lower Burl Tribal Buffalo Herd. Okay. But they had a visitor center, and mm. they had some of the tribal members would go there, and it w- there was almost like a cultural center where they people could visit and kind of experience. And it was like right on the edge of the, like the the boundaries of the Buffalo Range. Okay. So then, uh, they would actually come right up to the building. But I think oh. something like that would be so cool on our mm-hmm. reservation, and you know, like you said, there, there's no represent, representation there. But we definitely need it where we're from. Yeah. But um,
1: um, I'm just gonna put this out into the universe again. Um, <laughs> the more people who know of my desires, the better. <laughs> we're looking to have a bison feature here in our office, um, preferably a head-mounted bison we have the perfect wall for it um so if you come across any moments in your life where you're like who wanted a bison <laughs> <laughs> so when you, you were talking about the artwork on the bison head i started to just get giddy cuz well, i'm I like um there we and that's what i said <laughs> i'm like and it's
2: a really old uh,
1: if i can't get the mounted head i'm going to have some bison presence in it, this building it, it's
2: a, it's a really old um like an ancient uh a buffalo skull that was found on a reservation i don't know how old but it's 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 a big one that because i've also paint on the really old ones that are found from the old kill sites before european contact mm. like the uh um first first people's buffalo jump like
4: mm-hmm.
2: w- in that era. like um so people will find these skulls sometimes and, and sell them to me and this one was almost a full intact on the first time uh-huh. i've ever seen one And it's a huge one so i painted on it and and i have it and i'm just keeping it but it's on display right now but it's 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 eventually
1: gonna come for sale yeah well how about me say that (laughs) we'll display it here (laughs) i mean while it's on sale we'll display (laughs) it yeah um yeah so there's so much storytelling that gets to be done around that Mm -hmm. which i think is amazing so just you know, build a cultural center. You can you can start at home and then you could do it here. I'm not picky. You can start <laughs> here, you could do it at home next.
3: Can we do it on the hill?
1: Yeah. I'll make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> There's a nice gazebo up there. You mm-hmm. already got a little bit of a structure built. There you go. Mm-hmm. We'll just start expanding off of that. Mm-hmm. It's a good view.
0: It is. It is a really good view from up there.
3: Yeah. yeah.
1: It's certainly not a bad idea. Mm mm. You could allow camping then, if you wanted. <laughs> that that lady would be happy.
0: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, how long did it take to do the exhibit? Because what I'm hearing is you guys were creating all the pieces at points throughout the installation.
3: Well, it was about a couple of weeks, and the the mural was about a week, and then I I had to create stuff, and I mean it, it's not a bad time frame. But like usually stuff, uh, you should start a year in advance. <laughs> Couple <laughs> you know, weeks, year, okay. whatever. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Just just planning and like you should thinking really thinking through. Yeah, that's you know professionally you really should be <laughs> doing. <laughs> you yourself, shouldn't throw something together and yeah, you get weeks. a cushion in there. <laughs> hey, like sometimes
1: that. opportunities present themselves. And you're like, yeah, I'll, I'll get something together for them. Yeah, there
3: yeah. You. But we we made it happen, and that's where that adaptability comes in (laughs) you know you just kind of have a timeline okay we need to get this 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 done and then you know just we did have a a little cushion there but Mm.
0: that's pretty quick though to (laughs) put something together usually
3: when we do the murals they're pretty fast okay well we actually like we're
2: contacted like in august but with some details it wasn't a for sure thing yet Mm -hmm. and it kind of got moved forward after august it kind of became a reality and then they brought us here and it just it was it was it was the first time me personally because i work with a lot of um, museums and places with rules and contracts Mm. so it was just really, really for my first show ever where you didn't have to follow and you could just keep growing and you didn't have to worry about museum rules and deadlines
0: that sounds refreshing yeah
2: because <laughs> and, 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 a lot of museums are kind of strict you know mm-hmm. a certain way a certain way of being and and, and so this was very uh, open and and worked right with us we worked with them and everything worked everything grew daily so it was a, it was a, it was an installation but it was also with the curator every day it was a dialogue mm-hmm. building dialogue and it's still building um uh with with the the events they're having, and, and that they're having like artists there now. Next week they're having Shan, Sean Chandler, or how do you say his name? Sean Chandler. Chandler there to discuss. Um, I don't think I might be there because it's the holidays. I missed this last uh, author there was there mm-hmm. used their um, art exhibit as our backdrop, mm-hmm. and there, there's going uh, to be other events there. So it's just a continuing. It's an installation, but it's also a dialogue, and it just keeps growing with people and events happening there, and with. With us and the is something new every week or over the email or phone, something.
1: Mm-hmm. And the square is probably the best bargain on planet Earth <laughs> to experience art in. Mm-hmm. It's uh, free. Yep. Yeah. Your entrance fee has been covered by Farmers Union Insurance. That might be incorrect, but that's what I'm going with for right now. <laughs>
2: No, I, I think it's a great space. Uh, love the love the wood floor, the original, mm-hmm. wood, oh. the original building. Um,
0: you can't sneak up on anybody in there, no. <laughs> <laughs>
2: in, in their bat cave upstairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs>
0: hey, yeah. we're getting through that. The uh-huh. first round of remediation has been done up there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a lot of ghost stories in that building too.
1: Oh. Mm-hmm.
2: I, I I've never experienced anything there. Uh, but For real. A lot of people have stories there. You
1: yeah. were there for a long time, I thought <laughs> for sure. At, even at night.
3: Oh, uh, no. Well, I'm scarier than anything. The <laughs> so they're like, oh, but we yeah. saw Lewis. No,
1: we're good. Yeah. We're not doing <laughs> we're not anything <laughs> with that perspective. No, <laughs> I, thank I didn't you. really
3: get any kind of feeling there. Yeah. I, I think I was just too busy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> too focused. <laughs> see, uh, yeah. So. I think it's a great space. Uh,
2: they've been working and collaborating with uh, people from my community for years, and that's how I got introduced to them with is two other artists. So this is, I think, my fourth exhibit there. Uh, I had a solo show there. I had a group show, which Lewis was part of before. I was part of a ledger show there with Monty Yellowbird, and now this. So my, and then I participated, I think, twice in their auction.
1: Nice. Yeah. So um, any... Any kids you're mentoring uh, that we should put on our radar now as the next John and Lewis <laughs> artists that are coming up from the ranks?
3: Well, my my son's going to be going to school next year, probably preferably art school, but um, mm. yeah, he he's uh just decided that he wants to pursue art. So
0: neat. What's cool. his name?
3: Adam's still smoking. Okay. So.
1: Is that a proud dad moment or are you <laughs> scared?
3: Uh, well, I have four sons, so. <laughs> <laughs> the, so uh, the, at this point. <laughs> the, the other three didn't, don't really uh, show much interest in okay. art. Okay. Uh, I think Adam, uh, he actually painted one of the Montana Meth Project murals mm. this oh. summer and placed, and I think he really enjoyed that. I kind of facilitated. But I didn't really <laughs> like get in there and help him, but you know he took the reins and really, you know, took control and it was all his vision. And well, I just kind of cool. helped him with, uh, you know, setting up uh, things and kind of show him how to do it. And then he just did it. But um, yeah, he's an up and coming artist. Uh, I'm sure you guys will hear about him later down the road. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, is there a time where you have a dream of getting recruited into this Cameron Moberg traveling mural show and traveling all over the world and putting up murals in other locations? Have you like slipped your card in his pocket and said, hey, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm up for traveling? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, he, um, <clears throat> he, he'll he probably reach out. There's other festivals that he's keeping me in mind for. And um, I think I just need to do more on my own and kind of get out there and um but he's a really cool guy he's uh anytime I have any kind of questions about anything whether it's street art or like the technical aspects he's always willing to help but uh he's a pretty cool guy Mm -hmm. um usually keeps me in the loop about art fest and uh yeah I'm just waiting for him to reach out about other ones
1: you got to do the artist I shouldn't say you got to you agreed to do the artist reception this year in the blazing heat. Um, what was, was that a good experience? Was it awful?
3: Well, that's perfect. <laughs> I mean,
1: because it could go either yeah. way. Yeah. You've got people milling around and you're like, gosh, we're, well, give me some elbow room mm-hmm. here.
3: Yeah, it, it was kind of like bad timing because it was during that CM Russell thing in yeah. the summer. Yes, mm-hmm. So I think there was a lot of people not in that location. But the the day before, we did the um, downtown. Summer uh, jam. uh, Live paint thing. That was pretty successful. And I think, uh, I I, I don't mind it. I paint fast anyway. Um, But like with spray paint, it's a little bit different. (laughs) It's like you don't have that. I love that contact, the physical contact of the. Yeah, the canvas. You can hear it kind of grinding against mm-hmm. your paintbrush as you move it on the, the surface. But with spray paint, it's a little bit different. But I'll tell you one thing. Every time I put down a can of paint, <laughs> it would get so hot of oh gosh. F- from the asphalt. All the w- the heat would transfer into it. Oh my it. gosh! Oh. And then when I would spray, it would bubble so up. So like and melty. Yeah, it was mm. like kind of affecting what I was doing, and
0: so you need to bring like a cooler with you next time to pretty set much. them down in. <laughs> <and just laughs> pretty much. <laughs> You're hmm. going to hold these cans yeah. while I paint. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Are, it was
3: pretty fun, though.
0: Would you uh, travel around, John, to do any I, of those?
3: Um,
2: no. I, you know, it was cool to do murals, uh, uh, to say I did it and done it. And I don't really, like, have, like, a desire where it's, like, my thing. It was cool to do. Um, I get asked sometimes, and I try to pass it on to other people because of, of timing. Mm-hmm. And then, so, it was cool to do. It's a lot of work, Um But right now I got so much other things going on that I don't know if I'll be doing any murals soon. Um, Pretty booked up for a while, which I'm pretty proud of because I've never been this busy in my life. Awesome. And and so with uh, everything that I do and happens, uh, I try to share with my community. I'm not mentoring anybody right now or thinking of, I think of anybody that's on the come up because there's so many people in our community that's talented. So sometimes I'm invited to work with several of them and, and, and on different things and speak about uh, where I've been or what I've done. So I try to bring that back to them and share my experience and tell them that um, that, um, that they have the opportunity they could do it too, you know, and especially now with social media, everything mm. keeps changing. Uh, art's changing. So it's just like there's the possibility there for anybody.
1: Are you on all your social media daily doing videos and Talking about um, your inspiration and <laughs>
2: I, don't do, I don't do much videos. Uh, sometimes I'll, I'll use TikTok for um, picture videos, but okay. I don't know how that's gonna work out anymore after January first because Montana no. banned TikTok. <laughs>
0: uh that's whole in the process right now. <laughs> yeah.
3: Now yeah. they now reverse they reversed. Yeah, yeah, yeah there was
0: just within the last like day
3: yesterday yeah (laughs) okay see i I didn't know that but
2: but uh who knows what's happening uh, well there you go now you can be a tiktok star i I share a lot of my uh artwork on my social media but um just to share it and 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 uh so i get hit with uh, like uh is it for sale am i gonna gonna Mm -hmm. make a print And, and i'm me personally i'm not the artist saying direct message me or yeah are this and now I'm just sharing it because a lot of the time it's not for sale. It's already taken or it's for something. Yeah. But I'm happy to share it. Yeah.
1: Well, I think it's helpful to, for just to see it. Mm-hmm. I get excited. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. been a few. Um, I follow a lot of artists because of Western Art Week. Mm-hmm. It's a hazard at the job. <laughs> it's not really that <laughs> yeah, bad. Yeah. So that's another thing, too. That's
2: all my time right now is Western Art Week because it, yeah. it's. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you got to build up your inventory. It's December. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff to prepare for. And, uh, looking forward to it i think it's going to be better for me than last year because there's so much anticipation from mm. people that um i get bombarded all the time over and emails and everything so i'm just trying to prepare for it
3: yeah
1: are you gonna be at the out west showing in this year yeah mm-hmm. yeah It's yeah. exciting. Yeah, i'll
3: be at the i'll probably be at the one at the fairgrounds okay mm-hmm. yeah but uh, i'm gonna start working on like uh some prints maybe some screen prints and uh nice. kind of smaller works
1: about February, since you paint fast. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, I, I'm gonna be busy because I got other commissions I gotta work on. Yeah,
2: this, yeah so like uh, uh, a lot of people will think that artists live the dream, or it's was, a lot of hard work. Yeah, it's a yeah. it's a job. Like I was you don't just do gonna work, ask. Yeah. I had
1: um, a lady who used to make jewelry. She loved making jewelry, and she went into business making jewelry with a bead store. And so she'd make jewelry and then teach classes. And after five years in business, she's like, I'm done. (laughs) This used to be fun for Mm. me. It was a creative outlet. And now it's a job. And I just, I don't want to wake up every day and have to do something I once loved
2: to do. Mm. So, See, that's like one of my goals is like, it's a job and like a regular job, do the hard work. But at the same time, like I want to work Hard to where I can enjoy creating mm. my own stuff and not worry about bills or nothing. Yeah, where I can do what I love and I do. I do love what I do, but a lot of people get this idea, especially with social media, that you're just going to boom, start selling, or boom, yeah. start. Yeah. But it's, it Make takes a couple
0: l- pieces in your set. It takes yeah. a lot
2: of a lot of work and a lot of trial and error and, and, and nonstop learning. Like my grandfather was an artist, and he
3: he didn't stop learning till he passed. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. That's so.
3: So yeah, true. It's a lot of work, mm-hmm. and sometimes you get into a piece and you're like, "Oh, that looks like crap." Or <laughs> <laughs> are, are, are are you like a piece? Say, yeah. say you like a piece, but people don't like
2: it, and you don't like a piece, but people love it. Yeah. You're like like, I'm talking about like my own work. Yeah. Like I might not like a piece I did, Uh but people love it. I I might love a piece I did, but people (laughs) don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, They
1: come up to you and they're like, "That's amazing," and you're you're like, like, "Really? (laughs) Trash?
0: Okay." Yeah. can I interest you in this one? No. Okay. That's the hard part, I bet, about it being a business is that you don't just could be like, oh, I don't like that one. So, but for, <laughs> like for me personally, that's why you're painting fish. No, yeah. For, <laughs> for me,
2: business wise, what, what's getting more complicated for me is like, I don't like emails, uh-huh. mm-hmm. social media uh, presence, like responding and replying, and then shipping. I really am really tired of shipping yeah. and packaging <laughs> and, yeah. and, 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 and all this stuff to where I might need to hi- hire a team and,
1: and mm-hmm. open a store. Yeah. yeah, well, and that, that way it point. just frees up your time to to
2: create
3: yeah. more, create more. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's that's where that passion comes into play. Because then you you kind of like fall back and like, why am I doing this? Mm. And like, you know, you really have to have that passion. People are always like, well, how do you find the you know passion to do what you do? And It's like you just got to get it done. Yeah, <laughs>
4: yeah. So <laughs> yeah. like, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. wh- how you feel in the morning. You got to <laughs> do something.
3: Like you can't do nothing that day. Like you got to be working and. Yeah, we've the w- the way I was taught was it doesn't matter what you do as long as your pencil's on the paper. Mm. You're doing something and that that's worthwhile. That's where the passion comes from cuz you'll figure it out. The creativity comes later mm. as you're working things out. Mm. Or artists are
2: really great procrastinators. <laughs> they could yeah. they could get a commission and like have several weeks or months and <laughs> not do nothing and then get it done in one day. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yep. So, do you have like scrap pieces? Like pieces where you're halfway through and you're like, this is complete junk. I can't do anything with it. It just ends up in a corner. Oh,
3: all the time. All the time. I, I think have eventually stacks of, stacks of canvases. You could do the
1: unfinished collection. There you go. Mm-hmm. Just sell that.
3: Oh, they could sell those at my funeral.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: I was thinking before then. <laughs> well, you can still get something
0: out
4: of it. <laughs> yeah. No, it's crazy. It's yeah.
2: crazy, no, it's crazy you, you ask that because I've gotten crazy questions by people. Like, do you have any uh, stuff laying around we could use? I'm like,
3: uh, what? What do you mean?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just you got, you know, an, an entire warehouse full of stuff that I've not decided to sell right. before. Yeah.
3: Or, or it's always, can I see your studio? I was like, uh, <laughs> Yeah, the, uh, private, <laughs> private space.
2: Like, um, like, that's a huge request by uh, people, especially, hmm. like, um, people from wherever. Can we come to your studio? I'm like, no, nah, it's my personal space. <laughs> yeah. It's my privacy. Uh, not yet. But that's a goal. I yeah, know it's make a lot some of goal money off of that. it yeah. Yeah. like yeah. a studio where people can come? Because mm-hmm. people always want to come to Man, I would the love
3: to see Francis Bacon's studio. Mm. <laughs> 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 you pay um,
2: money
1: for that, it's yeah. It's like blobs of
3: paint. Yeah.
1: <laughs> We did a special two or three years ago now where we highlighted a bunch of artists for a TV documentary show. And one of the things they had requested was to go to their studio. And so I would line up these artists and I'd call them. I'm like, so we'd <laughs> like to feature you. They want to shoot at your studio. <laughs> Is that something we could do or do we need to set up like a space somewhere else? Like, Because uh, we partnered with the Russell Museum just to have a space like if they didn't have a real studio that they could wanted to showcase in a TV documentary, because that's got to be a little unnerving. Um, and we ended up they were all willing to open up their space and some were like sheds <laughs> like this is my studio, and they're yeah, a like lot, a lot
2: of a lot of artist studios are just in their home on a mm-hmm. yep. table in the living room, mm-hmm. yeah, just, yep. you know, wherever wherever you can set up. Yeah, yeah. And, and sometimes s- I'll when I travel, if I have time, I'll even set up in a hotel room. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Get it done where if you can. I time.
2: Yeah, I bring my stuff, but I don't have time to yeah. sit there and draw in whole time But sometimes I will have time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, some of the artists during Western Art Week they'll paint while you're walking.
0: Oh, yeah. By and mm-hmm. I always think,
1: man, that's got to be. I think if you zone in, it'd be fine. But I'd get That'd distracted be and be real. like, yeah. what? What am I? What am I doing here? And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. my elephant would be matched with a sea lion, and
0: <laughs> like <laughs> it's a whole uh, new art form. Yeah, I got
1: interrupted yeah, that's, here.
3: Uh, that's one thing I wanted to talk about was maybe uh, I always wanted to do like a plein air event. And like either host it or curate it, and paint like Glacier National Park, and then mm. go to a local gallery, and then have like a wet sale, but have oh. like, a, like like thirty artists do this, do and that. Then we all show up with our. And I used to do plein air, but like, I specifically want to paint like Blackfeet Country mm. and the park, and and then like have a wet sale, but like. That would be cool. That was kind of like one of my goals when I moved back. I wanted to do that. But I, I've i been talking to people. Some people are kind of interested. So I think it would be cool just to get a collection of artists yeah. and just See go there. out and paint the wilderness and get chased by bears. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You'll have the
1: experience story behind it. Yeah, Use the berries from the bush to make your color.
0: Uh-huh. There you go. <laughs>
1: Years ago, we were at the Little Belt Mountains, and we were riding our four-wheelers up a trail. And as we got closer to the top of the mountains, where it was a little less uh, open, there was a bunch of people along the road set up with their easels, and they were just painting. And, and then we'd turn the corner, and there'd be another set of people. I'm like, what is going on? This is like the weirdest experience I ever had. So about the fourth person we saw just set up alongside the road, we stopped and like, what's going on? Is there some type of weird artist commune happening here? And it was that same idea that they had this big art retreat and every day they got to uh, paint in a different area of the little belt mountains and they just go up for a hike and then set up and paint. I don't know if any of that artwork ever became available for sale, but it was really interesting to see when you weren't expecting to see people sitting alongside the road painting.
3: Yeah, that's kind of the idea. It's, <clears throat> it's kind of like a what they call guerrilla painting, where you're out in the you know wild, just painting anything. But you know, you're you're the one who's devising the composition and really deciding what to paint, where to paint. And, and
1: then the fear of getting attacked by a bear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> paint fast. <paint> <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, you can do like uh, sketches and then go back to the hotel room and finish oh. them.
0: Uh, I like that, you know, survivor <laughs> style. <laughs> we have, art experience. We have so do you know Ron Ukrainets, the he's an artist here. We have some pieces that he had done kind of plain air and they were unframed. He was just telling me a friend of ours, but they are they're very like textured. little. They're very textured because there's little gnats that oh, had yeah. gotten in that, under the painting of that. That's yep. how you tell a plein air
3: <laughs> painting. There's bugs in it. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. And a lot of the impressionists that did plein air, you can see the they they have bugs in them if you look really close, because mm. they're drawn yep. to the the paint itself. Yeah. Because of the smell.
0: See, I told oh. you the ladybug was a good idea. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> she knew what she was doing here.
1: I think uh, I think I know the inspiration for john's next
0: series the ladybug the ladybug <laughs> he's not looking too it's enthused gonna,
1: about <laughs> that i don't think it's gonna sell <laughs> real well people will be like what's he doing with a ladybug <laughs>
3: oh, he's, he's thinking of some woman in a field yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> uh, it's the I'll,
1: new inspiration i'll find that picture
3: oh i didn't hear the new thing is abstracts and flowers
1: oh oh hmm. that's the trend
3: i guess that's the trend are you? Are you? Do I could you, do, do you?
1: abstracts.
3: Abstracted flowers. Not just, just abstract. the abstracts.
1: <laughs> well, we have an original abstract piece in our office that um, I wanted a brewery, and um, it's really interesting because you can put it vertical, you can put it horizontal, and you just keep switching it, and it's a different piece of work every time. But that was done by Hunter Riverd. He was a uh, Stationed here at Malmstrom, and he would do these paintings during the first Friday art walks. And I was lucky enough to <laughs> be at the brewery where he was painting and bought a raffle ticket and got drawn to win the
0: painting. So there you go. it's an original. sits here in the office. Mm-hmm. That's do you what we do. Hop on new trends like that. Will, will you? Will you be doing abstract flowers
3: <laughs> no, now? No, I... Okay.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> that's exactly what I wanted to commission a new mural. Yeah. <laughs> I uh,
3: I try to stay away from trends because it's kind of outside of what I normally do. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you always see people do like Star Wars or like oh uh, yeah, uh, the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda. And like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that would whatever.
0: be very out of character if you suddenly yeah. were having Baby Yoda in your. <laughs> <stuff>. <laughs> you could just hide them as an Easter egg in your next mural.
1: There or, you go.
3: Have you guys heard of baloney Baby?
1: No. No. Mm-mm. What's this?
3: You haven't heard a bologna baby
1: i'm not real in tune with what the kids <laughs> kids do these days but
0: tell us more
3: oh it's just this image of a baby with a piece of bologna on its face with <laughs> <a piece laughs> <in their mouth. laughs>
0: so what it sounds like
1: <laughs> i did most recently see um this had to have been on tiktok where parents were just throwing slices of cheese on their baby's face when they cried <laughs>
0: what <laughs> yeah. john shaking is have you seen that okay yeah. <laughs>
2: Some of them it happened crying. to him the other day. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: For some reason, some of them stopped crying. Well, yeah. they're
0: startled because they are well, got in the face with cheese. <laughs> think of it, John.
1: You're sitting there, you're just at minding your own business, having an emotional day, and someone slaps a piece of cheese on your face. Mm-hmm. You're going to kind of take notice, like, what just happened here? <laughs> it does take you out of whatever state it's you were in. That's what I'm going to start yeah. doing at the office now. <laughs> you look distracted and throw just cheese throw at cheese their at. face. Well,
0: I love cheese, so I'm... <laughs>
1: i will still be that. shocked when it happens.
0: <laughs> well, do you need to do it to Callie, since I've been part of this conversation, so I know what's oh, that's coming. that's
1: true. <laughs> well, you will not. You will never expect to be hit true. in the face with <laughs> a piece of cheese. That's true. Fair. No matter Good what point. the situation yeah. is. I don't think so. Yeah. Or baloney. Well, I think that's purposefully put. I mean, you took the time to cut the eye holes of the <laughs> face hole. They can't breathe through their nose hole, but...
0: We've really... <laughs> Gone down we've gone full circle rabbit trail yeah <laughs> <laughs> thank
1: you for coming yes. into our beautifully well-designed um <laughs> podcast studio to share With ladybugs share the stories um if you want to see more bugs, we've got a really nice cubby hole underneath the stairs that accumulate a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, cleaning people come on Saturday. That's when it'll all get cleaned up. Mm-hmm. So we really appreciate you being here. We appreciate the amazing art that you share with the world. Mm-hmm. And um, we'll love to have you back if you ever want to spend time with us again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, yeah, some people enough.
1: do. Some people yeah. don't. <laughs> Um, So until we see your bright, smiling, happy, healthy face here in Great Falls, we hope you're creating amazing memories with your friends and family wherever you might be. See you soon. We are no damn experts as the recorded claims from Great Falls, Montana, covering what you need to know about this amazing damn town.